When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. The Chiefs aren't winning a damn thing right now. It is Carlin versus Joe. Welcome to the new ESPN Radio. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I'm Chris Carlin. He is Joe Fortenbaugh. What is up, my brother? I am excited. It has been a long time that I have been waiting for a platform of this size with which I can share all of my very well-thought-out political and religious takes. Yes, excellent. And that is what this show is going to <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine, yeah. day one? <laughs> right out of the gate. Let me tell you. No, I'm not even going to throw one out there. Here's what we have to say about this upcoming election, ladies and gentlemen. No, none of that. What we have to say is an awful lot about what's going on in the world of sports. Listen, we're not going to take ourselves all that seriously but we are going to fire off the opinions at you and we're going to have a blast doing it and we want you to be a huge part of this program at 888-SAY-ESPN you can follow us on all the social platforms at Carlin vs. Joe at Carlin versus Joe and let's not waste any time and get right into it because the Chiefs have got a major Chris Jones problem for the long term Joe but right now I understand how people are getting a little bit antsy about Chris Jones returning. He has been holding out, wants a new contract. There has been the discussion that maybe he wants Aaron Donald money. It seems like that's been uh, completely tossed aside from his standpoint. He seems more than willing to settle at around $27, $28 million. And I have to wonder, what has taken the Chiefs too long here to get this done? Because without Chris Jones... The Chiefs are not winning a damn thing this year. By a damn thing, are you talking about the Super Bowl, or are we talking about this? That is the I know only you're... damn thing that matters. Okay, so the idea, maybe they make it to the playoffs, but without Jones, there's no way they're winning the Super Bowl. No chance. It's going to be difficult, obviously. This is a guy with 15 and a half sacks last season on a defense that ranked number two in the NFL in sacks. Sacks, in case you haven't noticed, pressures, it's a little important to getting stops on the other side of the field. You're going up against a Lion offensive line that's probably top five in the NFL Thursday night. If you don't have Chris Jones there, A, creating pressure, but also B, helping to stop the run, the other team is just going to run the ball down your throat. You don't think that's what Dan Campbell wants to do? Run the ball, bring the clock down, keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. And once that blueprint's out there, that could be the best thing for Chris Jones. Watching the Lions run all over the Chiefs Thursday night so that Kansas City says, all right, if we have to come up another 2 or $3 million per year, we're doing it because it's vital. Like you said, it's absolutely vital to their success that he's with them. Well, here's the thing. For me, again, I have really been questioning whether or not I was going to be all in on the Lions yet because there's so much hype around them. But if you don't have Jones on the field, they're going to have a tough time winning that game because of what you just said. Because of the Lions, what they've done with their run game, which I think has been terrific. I 
I, I could not love Jameer Gibbs to be part of this more. I had one NFL scout leading up to the draft tell me that he thought he was better than B. John Robinson. Really? And this is a guy who is pretty shy about throwing around compliments. A lot of people scoffed at that pick. Yeah. They, they took him a lot higher than a lot of us were led to believe Gibbs was going to go, which had a lot of people looking at Detroit thinking, what are you doing well, here? But here's the thing. Make no mistake. The Chiefs' defense is not great. It's good enough. But when Chris Jones is there, you have to account for him. There are other players that Steve Spagnuolo on that defense likes. He likes Legereus Sneed an awful lot. He likes some of the other pass rushers that he had last year, but he doesn't have them as much this year. Frank Clark's in Denver. He's not walking back yeah. through that door. Houston's gone. I mean, all these guys are gone. I, I think it's a problem for them to not have Jones. And if you're going to count on Patrick Mahomes, who, by the way, doesn't have as many weapons as he did last season. For the last two years, he's lost guys, and they're counting on Sky Moore stepping up. It's not a given, and I know how good Mahomes is. I I actually can make the case that without having Chris Jones for half the season, they could still win the division. But you know what this feels like to me? What's that? It feels like the old Emmett Smith holdout with the Cowboys. That's a that's, that? a that's a recently that's a recent analogy for all the young kids you out know, there. Thirty years ago, <laughs> but Emmett Smith held out with the Cowboys in the mid nineties. Yeah, Dallas lost the first two games. And then Jerry Jones all of a sudden was more than willing to pay him. Found some more of that oil money. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and so I think from that standpoint, the Chiefs are going to find themselves there. They could lose a couple of early games and then be like, you know what, maybe we got to kick the money over. Counterpoint to that would be Kansas City's absolute ruthless domination in week one since Patrick Mahomes took over as a starting quarterback. One thing we forget here is that there's extra preparation time going into this game. Andy Reid, the savant with extra prep time throughout his career. Every gambler in Las Vegas knows how he performs coming off the bye. Week one, Patrick Mahomes is a starting quarterback. Kansas City, 5-0 and straight up, 4-1 and against the spread. They're averaging 37 points per game. They're winning those five games by 13 points per game. They have absolutely dominated in week one. Chris Jones, very important, but I wonder, is 15 enough to overweigh that just for the first game out? I, if you're Detroit, there's no way you want to come out and go up-tempo and throw the ball all over the field. Do you really want Jared Goff on the road in that environment in week one with it all on his shoulders? Best way to ease them into the hot tub? Run the football. Run the football. Kansas City was 15th in the NFL last year in opponent yards per rushing attempt. That's with Chris Jones on the field. You take him off the field. They're 28th. You're getting close to five yards a clip. You're going to be able to get those first downs. You're going to be able to limit what Kansas City can do. Three regular season losses last year for the Chiefs. In those three losses, they held the ball for 26 and a half minutes, 28 and a half minutes, and 27 minutes. Right? You keep Mahomes off the field, they can't score as much. That's got to be the game plan for Detroit Thursday night. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Here's Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider, with the very latest on that situation. I, th- I mean, look, could he show up today, sign the contract, get a few snaps on Thursday night? Theoretically, yes. Realistically, no. I, I think they're, they're game planning without him. They're going to have to try and figure out how to stop the Lions without him. And it's going to be difficult. There, there is concern there, right? I mean, he is the key to the pass rush. Anything they get off the edge has been, has been tied to his ability to get you know to generate pressure from the inside as Orlovsky said anything they do on the back end is tied to his ability to generate pressure on the inside he is their most important player on defense and without him they are much weaker and they know it okay now to the most important question now that we've gotten through all of this 
If there's no Jones, do you take the six and a half points with Detroit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, real hard. I'm kind of like on board with that right now. That's, you feel the spidey sense? I tell you what, I, I kind of like it. I kind of do. And there have been other times in this opening Thursday night game, everybody's hyped up, you're getting your rings or you're getting a flag put up, whatever it is, where it can get away from you a little yeah. bit. We have seen that before, and I could definitely see it here. The Lions, the expectations are there, but they have to go out and prove it and something tells me Dan Campbell's not going to let the edge fall away. But the bigger picture here, the Chiefs have a major problem if they don't have him. And Chris Jones has indicated he's willing to sit out until week eight. Here's what really works in their favor, though. If you're Veach, if you're their front office, are you going to worry as much about it when you look at the rest of your division? Think about this. Last year at this time, Myself, I don't know if you did, many people felt like the AFC West was going to be the best division in football. I walked right into that sinkhole. Yep. Right into it. And right now, I feel like it's going to be one of the worst. And and honestly, just from the standpoint of the Chiefs should run away with it. If, if the Chiefs didn't have Chris Jones for the first eight games of the year, they could still win the division. And I know that's kind of counterintuitive to what I'm saying. But they can't win the Super Bowl. And that's what this is about. The Chiefs' window is now. It is stockpiling, stockpiling Lombardi trophies now. And then, in a couple of years, you get another bite at the apple because Mahomes is still very much in his prime. You have to take advantage of it now. You have to load them up now. And that's why you can't screw around with this one. You mentioned how it sounded counterintuitive. That's my whole goal for this show. I want this entire show to be counterintuitive. Yeah. I wanted every turn people to be confused yeah. with what we're getting at. Um, okay, first eight games of the season. If if Jones sits out the first eight, you're going to host Detroit. Yep. You're at Jacksonville. Yep. You host Chicago. You're at, you're at the Greenies, fighting Jets. Then you're in Minnesota, host Denver, host the Chargers. At Denver, that's your first eight. Then you'll you'll host Miami, and then you're on the bye. It's not the murderer's row. No. Later in the season is when you have to deal with the road trip to Green Bay. You're going to have Philadelphia at home at one point. You're going to have Buffalo at home at one point. That would be after the eight-week mark, which is why, for all the people that are wondering why we're talking about the eight-week mark, he would come back because he's still going to want to get what's called an accrued season. You get the accrued season, then it counts towards your overall tally for how many years you've been in the NFL. All the contract stuff, all that stuff behind the scenes. You you don't like the AFC West. Raiders, Broncos, I'm sure you're not high of. You don't see any anything with um with the Chargers. Are they a playoff team? Brandon Staley stinks. <laughs> I, I can't put it any more plainly. I I see a scenario where the Chargers struggle early this year, and to save the season, Brandon Staley gets fired and Kellen Moore takes over. Really? I absolutely could see that. Because again, Windows. We just paid Justin Herbert, so having the rookie quarterback contract is now out of the window. So we have to take advantage of this while we can. And if the coach is going to get away, a good, a, a bad coach can absolutely be something that players have to overcome and be an obstacle. As opposed to just being there. Mike McCarthy in the playoffs. Yep. That's the Cowboys have to overcome his game management in late of end of half scenarios every single year. And it happens throughout the regular season as well. I know exactly what you're talking about. What what really has me interested is how quickly are the Chiefs going to get nervous if he's missing games? 
if I ask you right now, how quickly will the Chiefs, how badly will it have to go early in the year when you have the schedule that you just laid out with, is it 0-2? Is it Detroit and Jacksonville? Start 1-2, and and then you're going to the Jets in Week 4. I think that's where they start looking around, and that's where they start worrying. Because we history has shown since we've moved to the one-by system in the NFL, those teams have a significant advantage. You get the end-of-season rest. You get home-field advantage throughout the playoffs. The two number one seeds were in the Super Bowl last year. It's not a coincidence. That is the ultimate path. The ultimate path to getting to the Super Bowl is being able to skip that first week and get healthy and then host everybody throughout. You don't want to go to Cincinnati. You don't want to go to Ralph Wilson in in January. You don't want to deal with any of that stuff. So you start one and two and you're staring a road game against the Jets in week four in the eye. That's when you start to realize something's got to get done. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. We are off and running. We want you to be a part of the show at 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. You can hit us up uh, on social media as well. At Chris Carlin, at Joe Fortenbaugh, and at Carlin versus Joe. Now, Chris Jones is not the only impact player not in camp. And we're going to tell you why one guy could cost his team and his coach everything if he does not show up this week. It is Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. I have not seen Nick. I would expect he's not here to start off. Nick Bosa is not expected to be at practice or participate or report to camp until he gets a lucrative contract extension done. The Niners aren't super worried about this right now. I tell you what, they're playing with fire because they do not get enough heat for the disaster that was Trey Lance. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. You can watch us as well. You're welcome on the ESPN app. Hey, Mom. I know she took off work today to see this. Did she really? Yeah. Very proud. Very proud day. So whenever you want to get into the politics and religion, I'm ready. It would be cute if I could. <laughs> let me I'm done something. with that joke. If, if I were to hand my mom a phone and say, we're on the ESPN app, you could watch. It's like I'm handing her a bomb. Right. 
There is no <laughs> chance that she is ever going to be able to understand what's going on there. I have to send a detailed radio and TV schedule every Sunday night so they know exactly what the upcoming week holds because daily wager fluctuates. It can move up and down. It can be 30 minutes. It can be an hour. The radio schedule previous yeah. to now fluctuated quite a bit. So this is a nice, safe, steady spot, noon to 3 Eastern every single day. Well, we're up against Law & Order SVU every day, so I'm <laughs> shut to hell right there. Listen, if the Niners think that somehow playing around with Joey Bosa's or with Nick Bosa's contract here is a good idea, you are really asking for trouble. I, I get how confident they are with Brock Purdy. I understand that. I, I get that they are more than willing to move on from Trey Lance as they did with the trade to the Cowboys. But Joe, that was an utter disaster. They had better win the Super Bowl within the next two years to make people forget about that. Brock Purdy better get off to a really good start. I know he was 8-0 last year, but we still have to focus on the fact that there's a reason he was taken that late in the draft, that he was Mr. Irrelevant. Joe, Nick Bosa, not Brock Purdy, Nick Bosa is the most important player on the 49ers they have to get this done, and this is not a situation like the Chiefs have. They can't wait around on it. Here's some perspective. We talk about how important Chris Jones is to the Kansas City defense. Jones, 15 and a half sacks. Chiefs, 55 sacks. You do the math. Jones accounted for 28% of Kansas City sacks last year. That's a big number. Nick Bosa accounted for 42% of San Francisco sacks. 42%. And we're not just talking sacks. The pressures that he generates where he forces the the right-handed quarterbacks to go the other way against the grain and the offensive holdings he draws as well as the chop blocks as well as the false start penalties. He is an absolute game wrecker. And this is an organization that has done a horrific job with their first-round picks. Reuben Foster, swing and a miss. Solomon Thomas in the year that Patrick Mahomes oh went. Lord, he's swing a, and a miss. Terrible. Javon Kinlaw's not working out. Trey Lance. They hit on two. This John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan tenure is hit on two. Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver and Nick Bosa. And if you think Bosa's playing chicken, you're sorely mistaken because this family's all about business. Yep. Joey Bosa had a very prolonged holdout as a rookie with the Chargers. And if you remember Nick, he shut it down his last year at Ohio State with that core muscle injury and decided, you know what? It's not worth it. We're going to go pro. We're not going to jeopardize further injury. They're all about the business. They're looking for $35 million a year. Be the highest non-quarterback salary by a mile. Aaron Donald, for context, $31 million a year. So the Niners, to make up for this Trey Lance thing, pay the guy. Because I don't see them going to Pittsburgh and winning on Sunday without Nick Bosa. Well, here's the other problem, okay? You are so far along and so late in this process, how much could he even play on Sunday? I mean, you haven't had any training camp at all. Here's Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL reporter, earlier on ESPN Radio, on where we stand with this situation with the 49ers and Bosa. The 49ers would love to get this done this week by week one. And there is some precedent. T.J. Watt, actually, they're they're playing the Steelers this week. T.J. Watt, two years ago, was doing a hold-in situation, got it done week one, you know, just days before kickoff. So maybe this will be the same type of pass rush resetting market deal that they can shake out. Well, it should be because this is the best pass rusher in the league. And I know I'm talking to, I know Michael Parsons is in that discussion. I think I'd take Nick Bosa first and foremost at the moment. Think about the 49ers for a second. Again, we talk about windows and when they're open and when they're not. The 49ers have really, really been playing a game of Russian roulette in a lot of ways here over the last couple of years. And 
while they were a terrific team and did a great job in getting to the NFC title game with Brock Purdy, we saw what happened when that fell apart. This is not something that you should toy with when you're toying with the best player on the other side of the ball. What do the best players do? They make everybody else better. All the attention that Nick Bosa is going to get is going to make everybody else better, and they hide your mistakes, Mm -hmm. and they hide your problems. Nick Bosa hides problems for them when they have issues offensively, when they have issues in the secondary. That's that's how much he means. I'm getting tired of teams messing around with guys that are difference makers. Doesn't matter what the position is. Even a guy like Jonathan Taylor, I know it's running back and I know all that, difference maker. Nick Bosa, the ultimate difference maker. Look at the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts. How long did that deal take? Yeah. There was never a moment where anyone sat back and was like, what's going on with Philly and Hurts? He pretty much became eligible. They got a deal done. They know he's the guy. Why San Francisco would screw around here at all, nickel and diming? Maybe he's asking for the moon. He should. 18 and a half sacks last year. Led the NFL. Defensive player of the year. The next highest sack total on the Niner defense last year. Samson Ekubon with five. Five. Compared to 18 and a half. Brock Purdy. You don't win that playoff game against the Cowboys without Bosa. That playoff game against Dallas was ugly. Both offenses stunk in that game. And you saw what happened in Philadelphia. If Purdy stays healthy, you've got a shot in that game because Hurts did not play well. That's the elephant in the room that no one wanted to talk about with the Eagles coming off that game. Hurts was just throwing the ball down the sidelines. He was scared to go over the middle. That Niner defense came to play. And, and they would have had a shot if the quarterback position wouldn't have gone to you-know-what. So now you look at the situation, you talk about the window. They've been dancing around it forever. They're the one team that, despite this inability to solve the quarterback position, consistently finds themselves into contention. But they're going to want to close at some point. They have a top-10 schedule in terms of ease this year, and it's a thin NFC. right? This is as thin as the NFC has ever been. Maybe Seattle's good in their division, that's it. In the NFC South, it's nobody. There's not a single contender in the South. You've got the Eagles and the Cowboys. Maybe the Giants make some noise. I don't know. I think they feel like a year away from being a true Super Bowl contender. And then what? Detroit, Minnesota, Chicago, Green Bay? It's wide open. Wide open this year for three teams to close. Philly, Dallas, and San Francisco. He should. This contract should have already been done. It's not like it snuck up on him. It's not like he had the breakout year last year. He's been a beast since he arrived. And this is the pick right behind Kyler Murray in that draft. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. A former 49er is the talk of the sports world. And it's not stopping anytime soon. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? 
You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Morris swings it by side and it's picked off by Travis Hunter. You have got to be kidding me what I just saw. Touchdown Colorado on a fourth down and two. Dylan Edwards with touchdown number four. I mean, I knew we was going to do this. The scoreboard just telling y'all that, you know, that's what's going on. But y'all ain't believe, nobody believed that we was going to do this. And in the Lone Star State, there is no star that shines brighter than Dion Coach Prime Sanders. I mean, let's be real. He could be the face of college football for a long time. It is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80 on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We welcome in the preeminent voice on college football, the authority. He is Paul Feinbaum, of course, of the Paul Feinbaum Show, who joins us. Paul, we appreciate the time. How are you doing? Chris, I, I am doing great. I appreciate the, the opportunity and what uh, what a lead in there with Coach Prime. I mean, it's nuts, Paul. Is Dion just that? Is he the future face of college football beginning right now? He is, and what he did is, is what we are talking about here. What, what do I mean by that? He just literally fired his entire team, which he should have done considering they won one game, and he, and he, he, he brought the entire college football to him. He, he took the best players from his team at Jackson State. He picked and, sh- and, and choose around the country. And, and that's where the game is. And, and I know if you're an old-timer, and by the way, it's not like I just started. I've been around 35 years. Uh, <laughs> it, it's difficult for uh, many uh, curmudgeons to accept it, but it's a reality, and we saw it the other day. What, what happens the rest of the way is open for interpretation. Uh, they could easily lose to Nebraska Saturday, but the fact that he won the biggest game really of his college career mattered because everyone was watching there was nothing else going on and now you are seeing the residuals so paul vegas puts the win total for colorado at three and a half obviously the projection was that they wouldn't be a very strong team this year they're a 21 point dog they take out tcu there are games on the schedule that are winnable even if they find themselves sitting right around 500 there are going to be bigger programs watching what's happening in Boulder and thinking to themselves, if he could do this there, could he do this for us? What are we looking at or thinking about timeline-wise for Dion's future? I mean, how quickly are some of these bigger programs going to come sniffing around? I think they already are. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I can't tell you how many programs, uh, big-time programs, SEC programs, ACC programs, uh, just across the, across the country, who passed on him. And I've heard from athletic directors, hey, we know he's a good coach, but too much, too much, too much baggage, too much turmoil. Well, we saw in one day what he could mean, and, and the uh, the amount of money uh, is incalculable. I, I wondered, I frankly wondered if he, if he made a good decision going there last year when he when he did it because I thought it was a very difficult place to win. But he but he showed that in one game, and the, the talent comparison was not even possible. And that's why Joe, you said what you did about Vegas. I mean, it's not like these people out there are making this stuff up. And you put him uh, at, a, at a major power five, which I don't think Colorado really was, 
and, and he could do serious destruction. Now, I thought the most interesting thing Saturday was Travis Etienne, uh, who's in the NFL now and, of course, played at Clemson. He tweeted his brother, who's a running back at Florida, and he essentially said, hey, bro, think about tra- transferring to play for Coach Prime. I mean, that's <laughs> frightening if you're the coach at Florida and that's going on, and, you, and guys, that's going on everywhere right now because he, he's not—he's the shiny new toy. Uh, I, I realize that could, this, what I'm about to say could change Saturday night, but at this moment in time, he's the biggest name in college football, and that includes Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, uh, Lincoln Riley, and Jim Harbaugh. Well, Paul, he may not have to transfer from Florida to play for Coach Prime soon, the way things are going there. <laughs> well, no, no, they may, uh, the, the, the whole, the best players on the team may be looking for an exit like today. <laughs> it is Paul Feinbaum, of course, of the Paul Feinbaum Show joining us. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Paul, Travis Hunter, I don't, uh, just simply, I have not seen that in college basketball, college football before. I think the last time we've seen a performance like that, they were wearing leather helmets. <laughs> Explain to me how Travis Hunter is now going to be a legitimate Heisman contender if he cannot keep up that pace this year because 130 snaps, that can't be sustainable. I don't think it is. And The thing about the Heisman, uh, a bunch of people, both who don't really watch college football, and they tend to go for whatever teams are in the top two or three and, and, and about to ticket the playoffs. So that, that's going to be the issue for, for Travis Hunter. He also has to deal with Caleb Williams. And at some point, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get a really good comparison there. But he, he has already defied logic. And very few players have ever done what, what he has done. And, and in fact, uh, you know, I mean, Dion, this coach, knows a little bit about playing both ways. But I don't think that is sustainable. Uh, I think it was great to see. Um, but I don't, I don't believe, uh, you know, some of these, some of the co- commentators saying they're a playoff team. That's absurd. Uh, I mean, they will have a very difficult time winning against Nebraska because Nebraska just got stung at the last second against Minnesota. And uh, listen, I'll defer to you, Joe, but you understand what that means in, in, in calculating the outcome of a game. Absolutely. Let's transition to what we saw last night. Two touchdown favorite Clemson gets absolutely rolled, scoring only seven points as they struggled mightily in the red zone against Duke. You know, Dabo has said for a few years the transfer portal is not how they're going to do things. They were a little bit more aggressive this past offseason. But, Paul, it feels like college football is passing him by. I believe it is. I mean, he reminds me a little bit of TV executives 15, 10, 10 15 years ago saying, I, this streaming stuff is absurd. Uh, <laughs> we're, not, we're not going in that direction. Um, I mean, it, you know, Davos Sweeney is a very good football coach, but he has made so many mistakes, and he's stubborn, and he's ideological. That may be great in politics. It's terrible in college football, and he has refused to play the portal game. He has been reluctant to play the NIL game, and I was with uh, one of our colleagues earlier today. So, well, he'll change. It's already too late. Uh, you, I mean, why would you if, you, if you're a young player who, who can go anywhere, especially like to go to Southern Cal or to Colorado or to Alabama and Georgia, why in the world would you want to go to the middle of nowhere and play for a guy who's he's barely 50 years old, but, but he's a get-off-your-lawn guy? I wouldn't do it. Paul, last one, Texas, Alabama this weekend. You've got Alabama as seven-point favorites. How are you seeing this one early in the week? I mean, I'm holding my breath on Alabama right now, but uh, I, I do think this game is in play. I'm, I'm not trying to be a handicapper here with Joe on the other uh, other end. <laughs> but, but, I mean, yeah, this game, I mean, it, it does have upset written on it. And I, I think Alabama 
played really well against nobody. And everyone's talking. One of my callers last night said, how about Jalen Miller for Heisman? I said, how about goodbye? Uh, I mean, that's a... I mean that's absurd. I'm not. I'm not convinced this guy will be the starter by midseason. But that's what happens when when a, when a hungry. And I say Alabama was hungry because there was so much confusion for QB position. There is no confusion in Texas. When yours is one of the better players in the country. He's the authority, Paul Feinbaum of the Paul Feinbaum Show. Appreciate it, Paul. Thanks. Enjoy it, guys. <laughs> amazing. I love talking to him. How about goodbye? <laughs> it's amazing. Milro did look good, but that's the thing. That's the thing. It came against nobody. And that yep. was a big question mark coming into the season when you're replacing the Heisman Trophy winner and the number one overall pick in the draft. I don't, this is going to sound a little strange. I don't think Alabama has any idea of what they are yet. And I think they are counting on this game to find out. This is a measuring stick game. And it's a measuring stick game for Sark as well because if Texas is back. This is the game where you get your revenge from what happened last season. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. In moments, I'll tell you why Travis Hunter is going to buck all trends and win the Heisman. It is next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Morris swings it right side and it's picked off by Travis Hunter. You have got to be kidding me what I just saw. He's Superman. He's a superhero. He's not human. He jumped a quick little swing on the right-hand side and got there before the receiver intercepting that football. Uh, okay, let's not get nuts. I mean, <laughs> it was amazing. You want to calm course, everybody from, down? That that call, uh, courtesy of Learfield and the Colorado Radio Network. Look, what Travis Hunter did the other day was staggering. It was staggering to watch. Over 100 yards receiving, an interception, but more than anything, in ridiculous heat in Fort Worth, Te- Fort Worth Texas, playing 130 snaps. In a game. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. I'm sorry. That in and of itself is one of the great performances I have ever seen in college football, let alone sports in general. The two-way players in college football are my absolute favorites. You don't see a lot of it. Miles Jack did some of it at UCLA, if you remember. Running back position, linebacker position. Charles Woodson, the most notable one when he won the Heisman Trophy over Peyton Manning. But this is just incredible to see. Not every snap. Not every snap. Not every snap. But, I mean, it's just... That those contributions and the story of how he followed Dion to Jackson State when he could have gone to much bigger programs, then he followed Dion over to Colorado. He and Dion's son at quarterback are the faces of this program behind Dion Sanders. It's a wonderful story. But you start talking Heisman Trophy. Like, let's take people through what that performance meant just from the odds makers' perspective. Before that game was even played, Travis was 300 to 1 to win the Heisman Trophy. Main reason for that? 
Heisman trophies are won by guys who win lots of games. Caleb Williams last year, Bryce Young, Devontae Smith, Joe Burrow. I can go on forever. You got to win a lot of games to win this award. People weren't projecting Colorado to win a lot of games. He plays a big first half. The odds dropped to 80 to 1 after just 30 minutes of football. And now at Caesars, he's sitting at 16 to 1 to win the Heisman Trophy. From 300 to 1 to 16 to 1 in just one game. Question is, do you actually see this being sustainable? Do you think he's going to end up garnering votes at the end of the year when it matters? If he ends up playing 65-70% of the offensive snaps and 65-70% of the defensive snaps, and he has this kind of an impact on the game, I'm not saying he's got to have a pick every week, but he has to play an outstanding level of corner, and he has to be a real weapon on offense. He's going to win the Heisman this year. And I know that it comes from teams that normally win. But you know what I count on? What's that? Laziness. <laughs> I count on the laziness of the Heisman voter. First of all, I am one. You are one. Don't put me in your lazy category. Well, but here's the thing. <laughs> are sports writers lazy in general for the most part? And people I'm not, around I'm not it? answering. Do you, we are in Bristol but right now. Allow me you to say You want me it. to say Yeah, you go I ahead and say it. I know plenty of Heisman voters that are incredibly lazy. But the bigger point <laughs> is this. The bigger point is this. They are not watching all of the games. No. It's virtually impossible. So they turn to those teams that are winning. They look at numbers. They look at all that stuff. Hang on, though. Here's the shiny new toy. Here's Deion Sanders bringing a ton of exposure to this program. And all of a sudden, people are looking at Travis Hunter and un understanding that Travis Hunter is college football Shohei Otani. And he's putting together that kind of a year. He will be the flavor of the season, so to speak, because of who his coach is. So you're banking on the storyline yeah. to be something that the voters who might not be watching everything, they can gravitate to that, and that's the type of way you buck this trend. Because if we go back through history, Caleb Williams is coming off the USC Heisman Trophy. I think they won nine games or so last year, nine or ten. Yeah. Bryce Young at Alabama, Devontae Smith at Alabama, Joe Burrow, LSU, Kyler Murray, Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma, Lamar Jackson, Louisville. That was nine wins that season. Derrick Henry at Alabama, Marcus Mariota at Oregon, Jameis Winston at Florida State, Johnny Football at AM, yeah, RG3 it. at Baylor. Like, you're this is very rare to consider a guy who might win six games to be right at the forefront. Right at the forefront of this. But we haven't seen this before. We have not. We have not or at seen, least not in a long time. We have not seen this before. And if he is doing this week in and week out. That's going to become a story. And here's here's the part of it, too, that really plays into that laziness, okay? You love, say this with a smile. Like, love <laughs> him or hate him, you will pay attention to Dion. Yeah. And that's what the reporters, that's what the people who are covering, that's what the voters will do. They will pay attention to Deion Sanders. And as much as they are seeing the highlights of what this guy is doing week in and week out, this is a buck-the-trend kind of player in a situation that we have not seen before with a head coach. What head coach in college football has ever been brash to this level. The first name that comes to mind is Harbaugh, but not even close. Still no. not close. So and, that doesn't make the point. And people don't like Jim Harbaugh no. because he comes off poorly. They are either going to fully hate Deion Sanders or they're going to love Deion Sanders. I think that's going to draw a ton of attention to him. And frankly, 
if you're Travis Hunter and you're doing these things, you deserve it. You deserve all that we're talking about. It's not fair to expect the kid to play 130 snaps a game. No, especially at altitude where they play their home games. Yeah. Is it fair to expect them, based on what I saw the other day, to play 90 snaps a game? Maybe. And that's still far and above what anybody else ever does. I'm going to give you the dates. September 23rd, he's going to face Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks in Oregon. The week after that, September 30th, he's got Caleb Williams in USC. And then later in the season, November 4th, it doesn't look big now, hosting Oregon State, DJ Uyunglele had a big, big game in his first game out with the Beavers. And then he's got Utah at the end of the season. So there's going to be plenty of marquee opportunities. All right. uh, DJU, first of all, was against San Jose State. I'm not going to get too worked up, but he looked all right. (laughs) Um, I never thought I'd say this. Clemson looks like they miss him. Uh, Right? Oh, my God. Uh, And then... You know, you want to look at the rest of them? I get it, but I think he's up to the challenge. This, this to me, is as fascinating a story as we've had in a long time in college football. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.